Today on the news and why it matters, uh, mob mentality, mask style. President Trump deems houses of worship essential, but that doesn't stop Chicago police from banging on the church's doors. And uh, are criminal referrals coming from the Mueller investigation? We've got a lot coming up and it starts right now. Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. I'm Sarah Gonzalez. Happy Tuesday. Did I say Monday earlier? I honestly don't even remember. Okay. I were, I just worry. I was like, oh, I almost said it's Monday. It's Tuesday. Oh, crap. Did I say it was Monday? It's Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. Hope you all had a lovely Memorial Day weekend. Uh, I'm joined today by Chad Prather, host of the Chad Prather Show. You're cute. Nobody pays attention to what you say. Oh. Look at you. Huh. I ain't kid. <laughs> Wait. That's you kid about what? Totally going to backfire. You kid about what? <laughs> uh, also, Blaze TV contributor Josh Hammer uh, here at the roundtable. Thank you guys for being here. The pleasure is always mine, Sarah. Always. Appreciate it. Uh, all right. So top of the show, let's talk about, I could not believe this. I cannot believe this is America in 2020. Uh, we've got over the weekend a viral video shot at a supermarket in Staten Island. New- of course, it's New York. Sorry to all of you Yankees out there. But of course this comes from New York. Uh, A bunch of a mob of angry shoppers in masks for coronavirus. And they are berating and chasing out uh, someone, a shopper, who is not actually wearing a mask. Here's a little bit of that scene. Wow, that there's a lot to say about that. Uh, number one, now we've gotten to the point where the fear is so bad that we are screaming at people who choose not to wear a mask. Um, I feel like we're forgetting the fact that there are always extenuating circumstances that we don't know about people. We don't know if she has a medical condition that she, you know, prevents her from wearing a mask. We don't know if she has. I mean, it's not just <coughs> physical medical conditions, right? You could have claustrophobia. You can't wear a mask if you have claustrophobia. I mean, you could. I'm pregnant. I can't breathe with that freaking thing on. Like, I, I cannot. I've tried to. I wear it in the hospitals for as long as I have to in the hallway, and I have to take it off because I can't breathe with it on. Wow. And I feel like my baby probably needs oxygen <laughs> uh, more than they need me to wear the mask because there's nothing really to indicate, you know, that I'm at higher risk or what have you. But now we've gotten to the point in society where, uh, where you're being kicked out and uh, berated, pushed out of, of stores where you choose to shop because you choose not to wear a mask. Chad? One, I'm just happy to know that you are televisionally openly pregnant at this point. I don't know when you made that announcement. Oh, I did. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because wow, wow. so I've been like, mum's the word here. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> what a gentleman. That, yeah, well, I know, right? I, I try. Well, I have five kids. Trust me, I know the <laughs> wrath of a woman with a with child. <laughs> This, I don't think this is fear. This is man's inhumanity to man. Mm. This, is a, this is a free reign to be engaged in bully mentality and be mean to your fellow man in a gang capacity where it gives you some sort of power and 
you start to see the tyranny trickle down even to the citizens. And this is the kind of thing that caused Nazi Germany. This is the kind of thing. We think that that just happened in a bubble somewhere in history and people haven't ever been mean to each other. But human history, recorded human history, is thousands of years of this type of activity that trickles down and delineates into the next step, which becomes where they are actually forcing physically people out of these buildings. Uh, this is where you, you, you know, they, they screamed her out. Yeah. These people weren't afraid. One guy takes his mask off to yell at the woman. Oh, good. So that's, if you good. pay attention to it, one guy actually pulls his mask down to scream. Uh, this is going to have to happen to a defenseless woman in Staten Island, New York, because this is not going to flow in Fort Worth, Texas, where I live, if it happens to me, because I will show you where you can stick that mask with your face still attached to it. It's just not going to go down. So then send me to jail, because that is another one of those hills I'll die on. Mm -hmm. You're not going to treat me like that. This is America, folks. It's America. And I'm sorry you're a wuss, but but we're going to go on living with our freedoms and our liberty. Josh. You know, Sarah, I remember the January 2016 Republican primary debate. I think it was in South Carolina when Ted Cruz was talking about Donald Trump's, quote, New York values. And at the time, people were like, what does this comment even mean? I remember taking to uh, to Red State to blog for our friend Eric, Eric Erickson at the time. And I wrote a piece entitled In Defense of Ted Cruz's Quip About New York Values. And I, and I wrote that piece as someone who grew up in the New York area, whose parents, whose brothers still live in the New York area. And that clip right there is the personification of the New York values that Cruz at that time was railing against. And Cruz was railing against it in what we saw in the video for a very simple reason, which is that New Yorkers, by and large, and I'm going to paint with a very broad brush here. No one's going to accuse me of like of, of like ignoring the very kind New Yorkers. By and large, they're jerks. OK, mm-hmm. there's a reason why, why, why New York State is, is hemorrhaging citizens year in and year out. New York and Illinois, they're all leaving. They're all going to Florida. They're all going to Texas and not just for warm weather and for no state income tax. They're coming here because the people are kinder, because we're we actually treat people, you know, again, like I'm not a native Texan. But one of the things I love so much about this state is I walk down the street. Everyone's just so friendly. What a huge distinction to what we just saw. Um, But yeah, so New York is a is a unique specimen. Staten Island, by the way, Staten Island is probably the most quintessential New York of all the five boroughs. Brooklyn, (laughs) Brooklyn gets the most notoriety for a lot of reasons. Staten Island is the most stereotypical of all New York State stereotypes. I mean, I, 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 I could tell stories. I'm not going to do it on the air, but uh, it, it, there, there's a lot to unpack there. Um, but isn't Staten Island, by and large, kind of conservative in its ways? So it's politically? Really, it's funny. They vote for Republicans. They do. They, I think they vote for McCain in a way, Romney and Trump. They, they really mm. do. It's, so it's politically right of center. It's, it's, it's like a real kind of, um, it's real like blue collar New York mentality. Yeah. But the people, like, have you ever met someone from Staten Island, Chad? The accents there are just like out of this world. Yeah, it's, yeah, like, it, 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 it's just like cartoonish. Um, um, and I say, uh, you know, I've, I've disent relatives from Staten Island. I still say that. But in any event, the, the broader point here, the most important point, I'm going to stop just railing against New York City. The most important point here um, is what Chad was going for, obviously. And, you know, this kind of brings to mind a, uh, a Twitter rant that quickly became infamous about a week and a half, two weeks ago from uh, Rusty Reno, who's the editor of First Things Magazine, which is a religious social conservative journal. Um, I published there, a big fan of the publication. Um, Rusty did a Twitter thread that uh, quickly led him to actually delete his Twitter because the pushback was so bad. And it was not a particularly good thread. I'm not going to defend the thread. He was basically talking about how everyone who wears a mask is a coward and is like submitting to, to, to fear and, and, and cowardice. Um, he was basically, he's basically saying people back in 1918 during the Spanish flu did not wear a mask, which is not quite historically accurate. 
In any event, I'm not going to defend the threat, but I get what he was saying. What he was talking about was this virtue signaling mm-hmm. mentality of kowtowing to political correctness. And I actually really understood that and viscerally grasped it. And that's also what we saw in that video there. Um, this is not America. Like, this is not America. This is not the America that, like, that we live in, that we belong in. Um, that sort of social pressure to conform is here, there, and everywhere toxic. Yeah. And the virtue signaling, yes, absolutely. But I think on top of that, too, it's this really scary shift from individualism to collectivism, right, where everything is done for the greater good. It's my responsibility to make sure that I wear a mask for everyone else and I don't have a say in the matter. I can't I can't look at my individual, you know, right or just my individual preference, right? It has to be uh, good for the collective. And I just, I get really worried that we are going down the slippery slope of collectivism at the same time that we've got all of these people running to, uh, you know, to, to run our country who believe in that, but a step further and a step further and a step further when, you know, you look at all of these democratic socialists, you look at these communists like Bernie Sanders, you know, we, I mean, we've got a real problem with that in this country at the same time that the government and the mainstream media are pushing the narrative that we need to operate under this collectivist mentality that we need to do everything for the greater good and we have no individual choices. Yeah, well, I tweeted that video out and in my normal facetious inappropriate way i said do you realize how much spit i can generate while i tell you to blank off <laughs> if th- if this were in the- and of course people started on me about you realize that threatening to spit on people is a terroristic threat and i said you know this is like it's it's an it's a an abrasive humor right <laughs> but that speaks to your point. We've bought into the narrative because we've been taught what to think and what to say. And these buzzwords and these catchphrases, you know, it's like people who vote left, they tend to think of themselves as elite. Mm -hmm. They may be, they may not be, but they look at you as some redneck that, you know, fake tans and has uh, fake teeth and, you know. Don't give away all my secrets now, okay? (laughs) I mean, that ain't your real hair. You're a man. <laughs> the teeth are so, real, okay? The, so, I, you know, I, it's it's funny how people have, they buy into the narrative. It becomes the script. It becomes what they work off of. And the frustrating thing for me is how quickly people become, and I hate to use the cliche, they become sheep. Mm-hmm. And we all do it to some degree. You know, I railed on it on, on an episode of my show here recently talking about, it's okay to not only have an opinion, but to have other people with a different opinion and to be able to look at each other and say, okay, well, that's okay. You know, look, you go on Twitter, you go on, you see these videos, and you didn't know that person five minutes ago, but now you're out to completely ruin their life because they don't fit your opinion and your narrative. Mm-hmm. And that's disgusting. Yeah. Josh, your thoughts on the individual versus collective mentality. So look, you know, two things can exist simultaneously, okay? Um, You know, I I have been publicly generally supportive of this new kind of common good conservatism movement. I I really do believe in prioritizing solidarity and order and hierarchy and some of the things that Emin Burke talked about. That It really goes back all the way to Aristotle, honestly, and the Greeks. I I really do believe that. At the same time, though, okay, um, this is America. And like we have to be, we have to very carefully balance these two concerns. We are one people, and I, you know, this has all sorts of ramifications for uh, an immigration policy that should prioritize assimilation. It has all sorts of policy implications for a lot of other areas. But we are ultimately a society of unique individual human beings, and this kind of ties back to. 
I think it was on Friday when we were with Steve and um, Eric talking about um, Joe Biden's horrific comments and like and, 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 and the fact that they fit the textbook definition of racism because he was refusing to acknowledge people as individual human beings. And we need to always just bear that in mind here. Um, and that's kind of why. You know, I hedge in the last segment. I, don't paint me in a broad brush. I'm not saying every New Yorker is a terrible person, but yeah, they're by and large jerks. But um, <laughs> look, I mean, but even people like me who are espousing this sort of common good, um, you know, we're in this together rhetoric, we need to be very careful here to not go down the leftist rabbit hole of collectivism outright. That, that's we're avoiding that at all costs. So then let me ask you this, just, you know, based on your belief of the common good that you think we can have we can achieve while still maintaining America as it is what, do you do you see that being any sort of form of like government mandates yeah so i mean like within our constitutional structure most of that comes at that the state and local level obviously okay. right okay um, cuz I, I i mean i'd like to believe that with america we all kind of feel a certain sense of responsibility to an extent Right. right. Like to a certain extent, not to a crazy extent um, where we're going to just negate our own feelings and only operate under, you know, whatever everyone else thinks. But I feel like we're Americans. We look out for each other, you know, for the most part. Right. And I just wish that there would be enough of that that we wouldn't have to, you know, aim for some sort of government interference. So I think that's right. OK, I mean, this is kind of a quintessential conservative debate is, um, you know, Andrew Breitbart famously said that politics is downstream of culture. I think that's probably right, but I also think that culture can be downstream of politics. I mean, a lot of people kind of like argue this is it one way or the other. To me, it's a two-way arrow. I think they actually do work both ways. I mean, in an ideal world, I think you're right. Ideally, if we're the actual virtuous citizens that Tocqueville wrote about in his famous book, Democracy in America in the 1830s, if, if that is America, if that were America today, then I don't think we would necessarily need to kind of have the heavy hand of government right. to guide us towards a better direction. Um, nowadays, I'm, I'm, kind of, I'm kind of open to that two-way arrow, though, personally. Yeah. All right, we've got more coming up, including President Trump's announcement deeming houses of worship essential. I'm not sure if Chicago got that memo, but we'll get into it first. We want to thank our sponsor, iTarget Pro. Uh, if you are still in one of the many places where social distancing applies, you're kind of, you're not lo- totally locked down in your house, but you're still pretty much locked down in your house. Good luck going to the gun range. Uh, millions of Americans right now are without a place to safely practice with their firearm, but you're in luck. There is iTarget Pro out there for you. Now, iTarget Pro, they use an app that you just download to your phone and uh, they send you a laser bullet. I know it's as cool as it sounds. And they will actually allow you to safely practice with your actual firearm in the convenience, privacy and safety of your own home. Now, obviously, this is working on dry firing, which is going to develop muscle memory. It's going to help you with target reaction, um, trigger function and more. And they come in all major calibers so you can stay sharp with Almost any firearm, whatever you got, they probably have it in your caliber. Right now, you can get 10% off plus free shipping if you use offer code NEWS. Don't let circumstances dictate whether or not you're going to train, especially with so many of you out there. I know you're worried of what the government is going to do when you just went out and you bought a new gun and you haven't been able to practice safely with it. You don't want to do that. Get iTarget Pro, if I can speak today, and you can practice safely at home. Learn your gun. All right, that is iTargetPro as the letter I. iTargetPro.com, offer code NEWS. Get 10% off and free shipping. iTargetPro.com, offer code NEWS. President Trump on Friday made an announcement. You know, we had all these, what, uh, California 
Um, I think New York. There are a lot of churches right now that are kind of in trouble because a lot of states are coming out and they are saying you're shut down. What was it? Minnesota was the craziest one that, you know, you got 50 people who are allowed to be in a restaurant at one time, but you still have the rule that only 10 people can gather uh, at one place for worship. President Trump came out and uh, he said houses of worship should be considered essential and remain open. Here's a little bit of what he had to say on Friday. Today, I'm identifying houses of worship, churches, synagogue, and mosques as essential places that provide essential services. Some governors have deemed liquor stores and abortion clinics as essential, but have left out churches and other houses of worship. It's not right. So I'm correcting this injustice and calling houses of worship essential. The governors need to do the right thing and allow these very important essential places of faith to open right now for this weekend. If they don't do it, I will override the governors. In America, we need more prayer, not less. Um, Chad, I want to get your thoughts on this. Well, first of all, I want to, how do you do that so well? You got the you got the Trump it's from going China. <laughs> you got the, the Trump bite down, Pat. Don't yeah, don't show me doing that because I don't want to <laughs> be seen on camera doing that. Um, I want to get your thoughts, but Josh, you're obviously the legal scholar here. Is, is that, that is it allowed? Is that allowed? Is him overriding the states? Is that allowed in this case? So, you know, before we get into that, I, I, I have to say. I laugh whenever Trump says a word that has O-R in the end. So they're like, he says, warship. I, I remember back to the 2016 convention. I remember him standing at the podium saying, law and order. And like, yeah. the, like the order, like in my mind, is like Palpatine just like it like extends for like minutes. <laughs> I'm, sure, I, I'm sure like that didn't happen. But um, um, on a more serious note, um, you know, I got a text. That he, he said on Friday, if I recall. Yes. I got a text from a, a devout Christian law school friend on Friday who was like, she was, she basically texted me, she was, she's, she all but said, like, I'm in tears. Like, I've never been this profoundly grateful on, like, an individual level for a politician standing up for people of faith. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's the, that's the amazing thing about President Trump. He's obviously not a particularly religious man himself. We remember what back. was your to, first clue? Yeah, I mean, I mean we, 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 we can think back to the campaign when he was, like, botching the name of the, of, of, he, he said two Corinthians, yeah. if I recall, yeah. right? Um, but you know what? He, whether it's cynical or whether it's uh, whether it's genuine, whatever, he actually really does stand up for religious people. His Department of Justice have done that since day one under all the attorney generals he's had, um, and he gets kudos here. Now, as far as like the actual law here. So a few things are true at the same time, obviously, okay? We do live in a system of federalism. The states are, are sovereign within their own spheres of influence. And uh, under most Supreme Court precedent, you are allowed uh, discretion within, in time pandemic um, to not necessarily allow every constitutional right to the maximal degree. It, it, it ends up being a judicial balancing test. However, um, the Constitution does not go by the wayside, okay? There was a Ninth Circuit case that came out like over the weekend or, la- or, or late last week but a similar situation it was a church in California that was basically suing to be free of Governor Newsom's, you know, tyrannical decrees there. And Judge, uh, Judge Collins, who's a Trump nominee on the Ninth Circuit, wrote a very, very lengthy dissent on this panel explaining how the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, doesn't become like a dead letter because we're in time pandemic. It, it is a balancing test. It's not like you can enforce every right to the maximum. But it still exists. And to that extent, what Trump can do is threaten to have his DOJ basically sue to like to, right. to or, or to withhold aid or do any sort of other kind of creative legal maneuvers to kind of compel these states to abide by 
uh, the First Amendment. Mm-hmm. Um, does he have the authority to just say, like, he can, like, single-handedly, with, with, like, the stroke of a pen, like, compel him to do so? No, that's not how, I mean, that's not how it works. But by offering this rhetorical guidance, what he's trying to do is get them to comply ideally on their own. And I think I saw some headlines saying that it was, like, Wisconsin, maybe, or some other state kind of basically, like, like an hour after he said this was basically saying, like, okay, go back to church. Right. So that's, that's the goal. That's why he's saying it. Yeah. Chad? First of all, let me say I almost tweeted on Friday because he set the criteria, Josh did, about us being dear friends. And I wanted to ask if we were dear friends. And I said, I'm going to let it go another week. But let me just go on record as saying Josh Hammer is a national treasure. He is, uh, and I am the mutt to his Jeff, okay? So here's, <laughs> here's my take on that thing. It's, these governors, they have the right to govern their states. As soon as they stop being constitutional, then the president's going to enact exactly what he's saying in this situation. Now, this is the reason why people of faith, and I'm very close friends with numerous men and even women who are on the president's faith council, that was a much bigger deal, you know, two years ago than it is now. We're not hearing much about that anymore. But so many of those folks have said to me uh, on an individual basis, they said, you know, President Trump, if he's a Christian, he's like a baby Christian, right? He's just kind of learning. They've talked about things he watches on TV, things he, he, things he watches on TV. I was going to say things he read, but nobody's ever told me that. Uh, they've just said things he's watching on TV that are faith-based. I don't need Donald Trump to be some super religious scholar or devout, faithful man. I need him to protect my faith. Mm-hmm. And that's, in essence, what he's done. If I, am a, if I am a Chicago parishioner and they're knocking on the doors of my church, not only am I, as the pastor, going to sue the government of Chicago, but every parishioner in there needs to sue the governor of Chicago. This is a First Amendment right. Uh, are there conditions to it? Yes, absolutely. But we're in a situation now where we are opening this country back up. We're seeing that happen. And the last thing Chicago government and police need to be worrying about is who's praying inside of a church building. That's my personal opinion, because, again, it's Chicago. Yeah. Uh, so to Chad's point in Chicago, the National police. Treasure. Na- yes. National. Hello. National Treasure. <laughs> what do I Cameron. do without you, Chad? <laughs> uh, Pastor Courtney Lewis of Cornerstone Baptist Church in Chicago Uh, They were in the middle of their church services, he says, when someone began to bang loudly on the front doors. Turns out it was uh, the cops. They had three police cars, two unmarked cars, and a representative from, of course, Mayor Lori Lightfoot's office, who is not a national treasure. I'm just going to go ahead and say that. Uh, (laughs) The pastor describes it like the Soviet-style KGB. Um, They said, thankfully, our doors were locked as a normal safety precaution, so the police were denied entry. But an usher said that they saw the mayor's representative try to force their way into the building, and when they didn't get in, they started taking pictures outside. Um, And then someone in the unmarked police car allegedly started filming and taking pictures of the attendees as they were arriving for services. Um... Josh, I guess they just want to intimidate everyone into compliance. You know, to kind of just return to the overarching theme of our previous segment before the break, is this America or is this no longer America? Um, You know, I mean, uh, one of the numerous hats that I wear is I'm I'm, I'm of counsel at First Liberty Institute, which is a small nonprofit religious liberty based law firm based here in the the Dallas area. And, um, you know, it's called First Liberty Institute for a very simple reason. Because your right to religious liberty is the very first liberty in the First Amendment to the Constitution. It is literally not an exaggeration to say that the reason that America was founded 
was for freedom of religion. That is why, you know, it, it might be kind of like trite to say it, but that's why the pilgrims sailed here on the freaking Mayflower, okay? Like, it's not like... It's not in the fine print. No. It's it, right there. It's pretty explicit. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, George Washington in uh, October, or no, I guess it was October or November, I can't remember, but it was, it, it was 1789, like less than two months after he was inaugurated as president, who kind of issued that first national proclamation of Thanksgiving, which was not about like Turkey at the time. It was about beseeching and thanking God for granting all of our blessings in our country. That is who we are. Um, what's going on there in what we just described in Chicago is, is, is un-American. It is fundamentally un-American. And there just has to be a better way for law enforcement, for authorities, even for these anti-religion bigots. And I don't know Mayor Lightfoot. I, I don't know what her policies are. But um, if she's like Bill de Blasio, then perhaps she has some animus for religion. Um, we've got to hold these people accountable. We've got to do it. Hey, I know you got to go to a break. But, you know, there, nobody loves a police state more than certain police, right? Yeah. There needs to be constitutional protection. There needs to be federal protection for police officers who will not enforce these laws. Or, or, or these, I'm sorry, these commands. Yes. Not laws, but they need. There needs to be protection for them because right now we're seeing them. They're losing their jobs and various other things that have gotten popular and viral and all that stuff on the internet because men and women of law enforcement have stood up to these orders and they've said we won't do it and they've lost their jobs. They've lost lost their livelihoods. There needs to be protection for those. It's like that. Did we ever see if there was any ramification? Uh, what was it? The New Jersey, the police officer in New Jersey who went over to the people and said, "I just wanted to let you know yeah. you're in violation of yeah. executive orders." With that being said, that, yeah. have a great day. Have a great day. Yeah. I always worried that something bad was going yeah, to happen to him. But him aside, there's been numerous cases where they have. Yeah. Uh, all right. We have got much more to get into. But first, we want to thank our sponsor for the segment, Freedom Project Academy. So I don't know if you guys have seen the uh, the new CDC guidelines. Um, guidelines. I got it. They're not forcing all of the schools and all of the states to follow these ridiculous guidelines for school and everyone walks the same way and you're not allowed to go to the lunchroom, but they're guidelines. And a lot of times, a lot of states follow the CDC guidelines. So um, now is a really great time to uh, to look into, you know, uh, an alternative way to school your children because the public schools have really failed them in many other ways, aside from the fact that coronavirus has just made everything crazy. Maybe it's time to take back your child's education and Freedom Project Academy is here to help you. Your children can receive an accredited classical online education built on Judeo-Christian values uh, in the comfort, privacy, and safety of their own home. This is for students K through 12. So we've got you covered. Uh, it's totally interactive educational experience. They attend live classes with other students across the country. And Freedom Project Academy is interested in teaching your students how to think, not what to think. You can go to freedomforschool.com. That is freedomforschool.com. Request your free information packet today. Enrollment is really filling up. It was already filling up before coronavirus hit. So you can imagine how many parents are like, yeah, we're not doing this whole public school thing anymore. We're going to Freedom Project Academy. You're going to want to go there and check it out. That is freedomforschool.com. All right, Devin Nunes. Devin Nunes says that uh, there are criminal referrals coming for people who were on the Mueller investigation. Um, of course, he was a ranking member on the House Intelligence Committee. And um, he said in the coming weeks that there will be criminal referrals made uh, against me members of special counsel, many of which hid exculpatory evidence on FISA warrant applications that allowed the investigation to continue. 
Um, he says, we've expanded our investigation into the Mueller team and everything that happened with Mueller and the people at the DOJ and FBI that were above Mueller uh, will be making the criminal referrals. And we're just now putting that together. And of course, as always, waiting on more documents that we really need to come out. And I'm um, to his credit, we've seen this kind of docu-dump, you know, um, and Grinnell, I think what it was today, his last day. Mm-hmm. Yes, actually, I, I, yeah, I guess today. Yeah, and so he's like, oh, by the way, before I leave, here's some more Russia documents that we're just going to dump out here. Um, <clears throat> but it feels a lot like there are a lot of people uh, who know a lot more than they're letting on than they're allowed to let on right now um, in Congress. And they're just kind of waiting uh, to see where the chips fall. But, Chad, do you think ultimately anything is really going to happen with all of this, with the Mueller investigation? Are people actually going to pay for all of the abuses of the so system the, that so happened? So the Mueller investigation was bunk, right? People are still out there using that as an right. argument to try to bring Donald Trump. Do you not hear that just, at least at least several I, times so a week? I'm so tired of this. Like, right. That's already been. He proved that nothing happened. Nothing yeah. was there. I don't care what Devin Nunes says. Right. I don't care about referrals for legal action. I want indictments. Mm-hmm. I want arrests. I want if it's there. And I don't care if you're a Republican, Democrat, left, right. I don't care who you are. I don't care. If it's illegal, I want there to be ramifications for it. And I speak for every red-blooded American patriot that's out there who wants justice served. I am sick of being dictated to by people who are worth this amount of money, go to Washington, D.C. for a couple of years and come out and they're worth 10 times that money. It's disgusting. And then you're going to sit there and dictate to our lives and dictate to the people that we duly elect and say, nope, it's a farce, all this stuff. You're going to spend $30 million on an investigation that came up with literally jack ish and i'm tired of it so i don't want referrals i don't want speech because i could sit here and i could say you know what in a couple of weeks barack obama watch and see in a couple of weeks <laughs> nobody's going to remember what i said right not a single soul and nobody's going to remember what Devin nunes says either it's you, just a referral do you think he's full of crap though or do you i think, think he wants it to be yeah. true but it's not it's just not wow pessimist over here cynical chad over here chad i want to be wrong i want you to be wrong too josh what do you think so i Tell sh- me chad's wrong I, I i wish i could but uh-huh. i i i share brother prather's cynicism <laughs> and, and and skepticism of this um you know look this is a great political rhetorical talking point um again i hope it's true but i'm skeptical and I, you know i i think the ultimate the ultimate accountability will will come in the ballot box that is how these things traditionally right. have been held accountable and the, the voters will come and they if the, if the voters want to um say that they do not approve of of russiagate and Mueller and comey and all that crap from two three years ago and as they should uh they will pull the ballot for donald trump and that's how it gets okay that's how it's accounted yeah. for but there should be accountability because you know this Michael Flynn stuff is all of it is just so crazy. This is literally Sarah. I think I tweeted this last Friday. This is probably the single craziest political scandal um, involving high up elected officials in American history. It's okay? insane. It, it, it really actually is. Like I don't say that lightly. Yeah. Okay, there have been a lot of scandals. I mean, people learn about the Teapot Dome scandal from the President Harding administration <laughs> out, out, out in Wyoming. Like obviously we know what Bill Clinton was like diddling interns or whatever. Um, but like this. We're talking about an, an, an outgoing presidential administration taking 
law enforcement, the intelligence community, and sticking it onto an incoming presidential administration in the most grotesquely weaponized, politicized fashion, and then selectively being duplicitous about it, saying one thing in public, another thing behind closed doors, and then selectively leaking material to the press. We all remember the Comey New York Times thing in May 2017, just to kind of get this investigation started, all for the ultimate goal of distracting the president of the United States and trying to politically ruin him and, and try to stop him from getting stuff done that he wants to get done, substantively speaking. This is a monumental scandal, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and it really should be, there should be accountability. So I don't like share Chad's skepticism lightly, yeah. um, but I am skeptical. Well, I mean, and on top of that, you've got uh, someone who is trying to become president of the United States who was... For, I mean, as far as we know, as far as the reports have come out that we know, he was involved in this uh, to a pretty high degree, Joe Biden. Um, he was involved in these meetings. He knew what was going on. And still you have the mainstream media who does not want to report accurately on it. Hey, look, man. <laughs> look, man. Is that all you had? <laughs> Look, man. Well, that's all Joe has when he says it. it Look, is, man. It and then you can see the, the hamster on the wheel going, Jesus, Joe. <laughs> Jesus, Joe, I'm running out of gas here. Um, <laughs> the, uh, to Josh's point, he's right. Hillary Clinton's presidency was bought, paid for. It was assured. This whole Russian collusion thing was the nuclear button, right? Once she didn't make it, Barack Obama had to push the button. Mm -hmm. I don't know what's buried in that swamp that Donald Trump knows about, but when he started threatening draining it, they wanted to protect at all costs that whatever's down there stays in that chest in the muck, right? They don't want that revealed. So I hope that in my lifetime, if I outlive this pandemic and, and these crazy people in Staten, New York, in the grocery store, that one day I know whatever the hell it is that Donald Trump supposedly knows that has made everybody from Washington, D.C. to Hollywood, California, completely lose their minds. Mm. All right. Uh, we have got, speaking of Joe Biden, We've got a Joe Biden update coming. Look, man. Up. <laughs> I thought it was look fat. <laughs> look fat. <laughs> we want to thank our sponsor, Rough Greens. All right. Uh, you know, if you are a dog owner, you want your dog to stay healthy. You, you're feeding it a food. Probably, if you're like me, you, which maybe you're not as crazy as I am. I don't know. There aren't many people as crazy as me. But you look at the back of the dog food label and you make sure that you know what ingredients are in your dog food because you want to make sure that you're feeding your dog healthy, nutritious food. Is I, yeah. Is that just me? Okay. <laughs> I don't think it is, okay? But uh, what you don't know is that the manufacturers are sterilizing the food, so they're killing everything that you think is good in there. The enzymes, uh, the healthy bacteria for their gut, uh, what helps their, their mobility for their joints, they're killing all of that, and you're not giving it to your dog. Well, that is where Rough Greens by Vitasmart comes in. Now, Rough Greens is not a dog food. It's not going to replace that food that you buy. You sprinkle it on top of your dog's food, and it brings back Massive amounts of vitamins, minerals, digestive enzymes, probiotics, omega oils, antioxidants. It's going to, like I said, it supports a healthy skin and coat. It's going to give your dog improved digestion. And if you've got an older dog, uh, it's going to give them youthful energy and improve their joint health. And your dog is going to love it. I've got a young puppy, so I don't have to worry about the, uh, the, the older dog issues. But she never eats. And then I put Rough Greens on it, and she actually eats, and I know that she's eating healthy. She's getting all the nutrients she needs to live a long life. You can take the Rough Greens 14-Day Jumpstart Challenge for $14.95. You will see the difference in your dog 
in 14 days or less. All right, if you want to see your dog thrive again, you can go to roughgreens.com slash blaze. That is R-U-F-F greens.com slash blaze. All right, uh, an update in the Joe Biden, Tara Reid saga. Rose McGowan, she has been just scorched earth on anyone who crosses her lately on Twitter. Uh, She posted what the New York Times apparently sent to Tara Reid to try to interview her. Uh, Some questions, I guess, to try to get some scoop on her accusations against Joe Biden. And uh, the the questions, the list of questions uh, include... To Tara Reid, again, you and your brother both described your mother as an activist. Can you tell us what sort of issues she advocated for? There are, uh, there are some questions about her landlords. Various landlords said you left them owing money and property in disarray. Can you respond to that? And then um, one more. We heard that after your car was repossessed, friends sold you their vehicle and let you pay it with a no-interest loan, but that you struggled to make those payments and they took it back. Is that true? Now, they did ask some questions on, you know, individuals she followed on the website called Quora. And there were some Russian individuals. And, you know, why are you following these Russian individuals on Quora? But it seems a lot like they're trying to discredit the woman uh, mudsling her finances at a time where, you know, she was trying to put herself through school and what have you. Um, Really kind of feels like they might be trying to push for a different narrative rather than find the truth. But I that's just me, chat, right? I'm just reading too much into that. I cringe at the details of my own life, right? <laughs> yeah. And then you read this like it's some kind of evil diatribe, this narrative of this woman's life, which let's say, I mean, if, if all this is true, she's been involved in a lot of interesting things. But can you imagine them asking these questions to Christine Ford? No. There is no way. They would have absolutely crucified anybody. Because let's face it, these are pretty good journalistic questions, okay? If you really want to get to the bottom of the truth, investigatively, these are good journalistic questions. But this is not the time. This is not the place. It's not it's not the rules you established. Mm -hmm. Okay, Mm -hmm. they would never do that to Christine Ford during the Brett Kavanaugh hearing. Uh, They would have never done that because, again, you believe all women. Now, look at this. You went from hashtag me too. Hashtag believe all women. You went from five words total and two hashtags to all of this. There's a problem with that. So it turns out that uh, the New York Times can actually go do, like, fact searching. Who knew? <laughs> Who knew, right? Yeah, all the news that's fit to print, uh, uh, except with, with, with the glaring exception, by the way. You know, Mark Levin points this out all the time to his Mr. credit. Mr. Producer. Uh, me, Mr. Producer. <laughs> oh, God, I love Mark. But, you know, back during World War so II, uh, <laughs> back, back during World War II, the New York Times had this incredibly, incredibly horrible <laughs> tendency One might say it was an accident. One might actually say it was on purpose. They buried Holocaust coverage back on page 11, 12, 13 every day. Mm. Very, very rarely did the Holocaust receive anything remotely Mm. approximating front page or close to front page uh, coverage of the New York Times. And, you know, people speculated why this is. I mean, liberal newspaper, FDR, the president, not known to like the Jews a whole lot. And I don't know. You can make your own conclusions. Um, but look, I guess the New York Times, like Chad was saying, these are good journalistic questions. You know, my issue with this Tara Reid Biden stuff all along has not been about Biden or Reid per se. Um, I don't I don't have an opinion, honestly. I, I really don't. Um, 
I, I, I genuinely have not studied it close enough to have a strong opinion as to whether these allegations are credible or not. What I care about is hypocrisy and intellectual consistency. Mm-hmm. That's all I've cared about all along. And that's what the people who are, who are now saying, listen to all women when they're goalpost shifting from believe all women. That's about Dean Piquet or whatever his name is, the executive editor of the New York Times did that mm-hmm. re- ridiculous jumping through hoops explanation as to like how they treated the Ford and Reed allegations separately, convincing approximately zero people who read the freaking article. Mm-hmm. Um, that is what I personally care about. I care about sticking to the same thing when it goes for your side and goes against your side. You know, honestly, we can kind of, if we can extrapolate a little bit, just get in my soapbox, I would say that is actually one of the principles by which we ought to judge human beings' moral worths, is whether you are consistent over time. Yeah. Thank you, Chad. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, not just the mainstream media when you're looking at that, but also, you know, you've got Democrat lawmakers. I think Ilan Omar was the latest one who came out and said, well, I, I believe Tara Reid. Well, of course Ilan Omar I'm is going to say that. I'm still going to vote for Joe Biden. It comes from a culture where they start sexually abusing children <laughs> At a very True. obviously at a very young age, that's a, that's a cultural thing. But she's not era. the only one, though, right? Like there are plenty of no, people who have actually said I, they don't. They don't say they don't. Well, just even Gloria Allred's the, daughter, the whatever her name is, yes. said the exact same thing. Yeah, Lisa Bloom. Yeah, Lisa Bloom. It's yeah. it's ignorance. Yeah, ignorance. I mean, I, I just can't imagine screaming about Donald Trump, right? And how he came out on tape saying that he got consent, basically, right? I get consent to touch women in places. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. But he's, what he was saying implied consent. This, you see, it's an, it's an allegation. Look, man. It seems to be more credible than Blasey Ford. And they're like, yeah, we think he did it. We're just still going to vote for him. Look, man. Uh, I watched, you know, Joe does his little thing. Nancy Pel- On The View, Nancy Pelosi wants you to issue an apology for, okay, so I'm sorry I was in their space. I get that Joe's touchy-feely. We all know Joe, Joe's touchy-feely. He's on video. He's doing pictures and all this stuff. I'm trying to think of the best way I can say this. <laughs> so that we don't get in trouble with edit. <laughs> no, I'm not going to be. I just want to say, and Joe says he doesn't remember her. He doesn't remember any episode with her. I'm a guy. I've lived a lot of life. 47 years. I want to say that if I get to a point where I say to you, I don't remember such and such, it's because I've done it so many times. <laughs> there's a good chance I don't remember that one particular one. Mm. Now, or, I'm not making an accusation there, but that's just how the human psyche tends to work. Or Joe Biden is suffering from some sort of you know, loss of mental faculties and he doesn't remember very much of anything. We, would, we wouldn't something. want to say that, though. <laughs> Let me tell you something. If I get like that, that's going to be the last thing I forget. You know what I'm talking about, Sarah? You know what I'm talking about? Saying? Come here, come here. Okay, bye. I don't. I don't. I I think it's a really great time for a break. We'll be back. <laughs> hard out. Hard out. Friday's poll, which adjective, speaking of Joe Biden, most correctly describes good old creepy Joe? Most of you said senile. 39% of you said senile, followed closely by 33% who said corrupt. Uh, creepy came in at 21.3 and racist came in at 6.2. I, I mean, I think it's it's really sad that there was the, the, all three of those were so close together. I think it shows how hard it is to choose if you only have to choose one adjective to describe Joe Biden and your options are senile, corrupt and creepy. That's not that's not a position I would want to be in uh, if I were Joe Biden. All right. What's today's poll? I don't have. I, Look, man. I don't have it on here. I want to like the guy. I want to like the guy. 
but no. <laughs> Trump's tweets help or hurt his chances at getting reelected? Do Trump's tweets help or hurt his chances at getting reelected? Or do they even, does anything matter at all? Does anything President Trump does, does it even yes, matter? Yes, it matters. At freaking all. Yes, it matters. Listen, I was down there with Colonel Allen West. We were on the state capitol in Austin, Texas over the weekend. We, we gave our speeches, and there were a lot of people at that rally who came up and said, Trump better go back and get that base. Mm-hmm. And I promise you, one of the ways he's going to do it is by the tweets. Yeah. I don't care how annoying you find him. Trump has got to come out, and he's got to do what he did in 2016 if he's going to win 2020. Because believe it or not, y'all think this is a shoe-in deal. It's not. Joe Biden is for real in terms of if you even get close to believing the polls, we're in danger. Yeah. Josh, real quick, what do you think? Yeah, I have no reason to think that Trump's Twitter hurts him as much as a lot of the, you know, the never Trumpers think it hurts him. I mean, he does, he needs his base. Right. And, you know, that is Trump's way of communicating directly to his base with no media filter. I mean, like can that. he, can he tone it down a little on the margin? I mean, prob- probably, <laughs> yeah. you know, I pr- pr- like probably. You and I could. <laughs> his base is going to vote for him regardless. By the way, our thoughts and prayers to uh, Lieutenant Colonel Alan West, who yes. is healing at home. Uh, We're praying for you, buddy. And full recovery on the way. We know it.